Hello and welcome to the Church Society podcast. I'm Ros Clark, I'm the Associate Director of Church Society and I'm your host, usually, here on these podcasts. Uh, this week I am talking to Lee Gatiss. Lee Gatiss, you are still the Director of Church Society. By uh, the grace of God. <laughs> exactly. Quite a lot has happened since the last time we chatted for a podcast. We've had our AGM, we have had our first meeting of our new council, which now mm. includes members of uh, previous Reform Council, Fellowship of Word and Spirit trustees and council members. Can you just tell us, how, how did that first uh, new council meeting go? Thanks, Roz. Well, yeah, it's great to be back on the uh, the Church Society Roscast um, and to be talking to your listeners. Uh, yes, we had a very good um, first, very positive first new Church Society Council meeting um, at the beginning of July. We elected Mark Burkill to be our chairman um, and Paul Darlington and Rob Monroe will be the vice chairman. So that's a good way of bringing together the three organisations that have merged, the Reform, FWS and Church Society. The three former chairmen of those three organisations are now the chairman and vice chairman of Church Society. So that expresses our unity. Uh, and also not just expresses our unity, but actually you know, is, yeah. is our it new is the leadership. Unity. Exactly. Yeah. And they will bring with them their experience and their institutional know-how from the different organisations as they lead um, the new council over the next year or so. That's right. And we're testifying really to our, our support for um, the Bishop of Maidstone as well, who's our new president, um, sort of honorary president. And we're, we're, we're backing him and his ministry and uh, he's behind what Church Society is trying to do. So those are some really good... Um, it's not just a it's a signal, but it's um it's it's expressing true unity there. I think of yeah, our there's action organisations. Action, yes. yeah, exactly. Um, we we made um several other um very important statements about who we are in fellowship with, um and who we want to be um uh, alongside in the church. So uh, many of us had been to Gafcon just recently. So we'd really enjoyed that in Jerusalem, the GAFCON conference. We warmly received the um, the statement, the letter to the churches that, that GAFCON have uh, put out, which is a brilliant thing to be looking at. We proclaim Christ faithfully to the nations. That's what GAFCON was all about. It was a very positive statement, as I, I said on the videos to do with the, um, with the GAFCON conference. There were some video streams, and I said that I think it's a very positive uh, thing to be proclaiming Christ faithfully to nations alongside these brothers and sisters from around the world the Anglican Communion, the majority of the Anglican Communion, which is standing firm and trying to remain steadfast to, to what Anglicanism is about and trying to renew the Anglican Communion. So Church Society said, well, we're behind the Jerusalem Declaration and Statement, the 2008 basis, um, the doctrinal basis of uh, GAFCON. We are delighted to be able to affirm that and we're, we're well behind what GAFCON's trying to do. I think it probably is a turning point in the history of Anglicanism, as, uh, Great. as Ed Lone said. Um People haven't uh, seen those statements or those videos. Uh, they are all linked to from the Church Society website. Lee was interviewed uh, on his own and then also in a group of uh, English church leaders at GAFCON. Mm. And um, we've posted various reports on that as well as links to the official uh, statement and letter to the churches. And, and do go and look at those if you've not read them already because they are really encouraging. Yeah. And if you haven't had chance um, to do so yet, some of the videos from GAFCON um, just really heartwarming and exciting to see um, the gospel being uh, affirmed by such a large group of people from around the world um, and, and just really, yeah, expressing what it means to be an Anglican in the 21st century. Oh, Lee's just got out a globe, which obviously you won't be able to see. Just, just describe the globe to us, Lee, of what you're doing. It's it's spherical, and I'm looking at all the different places where there are Anglicans and people I met at GAFCON um, from all over the world, Latin America, from North America, from all over Africa, um, Asia, Singapore, Australia, um, different parts of Europe. Yeah, just brilliant to look at the globe and to think there are Anglicans here, 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 here and here, um, and we're with them. We're with them. Exactly. So that was really exciting, and it was a really good thing, I think, for the new council just to be able to do that as we met for the first time and say, no, this is this is part of who we are. But we also the, talked about one or two other organisations that we yes. wanted to affirm our links with. That's right. And one of the most exciting for me, actually, is EFAC, the Evangelical Fellowship in the Anglican Communion. Now, lots of people mm. may not have heard of EFAC. It started back in the 60s with uh, with Uncle John Stott. 
Um, and uh, I think the Archbishop of Sydney at the time, uh, Hugh Goff, wrote an article in Churchman, in our journal, all about uh, this new fellowship that they were trying to start and trying to encourage evangelical groups around the Anglican Communion. Um, and we printed in that article... Um, uh, the, the doctrinal basis and some of the background and history to that. And it's brilliant. Um, I think actually it's much more evangelical and solidly reformational than the Jerusalem Declaration, the GAFCON movement, which of course right. is a wider thing. Yes, uh, GAFCON, I think it's an interesting thing, is it? Because in the UK, it does tend to be very strongly associated with, with the conservative evangelical hmm. wing of, of the Anglican Church. But that's not actually representative of GAFCON as an international movement necessarily no. um, whereas obviously church society uh, is and so EFAC is something that perhaps we have a, a much more natural close link with. Yes that's absolutely right and if you look at their doctrinal um, statement they're, they're all about the sufficiency and supremacy of scripture justification by faith alone yeah, because of the death of Christ alone uh, so those solas from the, the Reformation are in there. The sole mediation of Christ, the, a kind of view of ministry which is not um, sacerdotal, not not a kind of Anglo-Catholic priestly understanding of pastoral ministry. And that's very clear in the EFAC Declaration of uh, Faith. And a pursuit of unity that they're, they're going for. They're wanting to be united with other Christians in the Anglican Communion and um, further afield but without compromising biblical truth i think that's really important and really clear in in efac that we like unity but biblical truth must not be compromised so truth comes first um, and so for those of us who had never heard of efac before just what what sort of organization is it what do they actually do and what what would it mean to to be involved I am. Um, I sat in on a, attended a council meeting of EFAC in Jerusalem um, with, with branch leaders from all over the world. Uh, Keith Sinclair, the Bishop of Birkenhead, is the chairman oh, of, uh, of EFAC. Um, he's a good man. Um, and we went round the table talking about what's going on in our different countries and the EFAC groups. You know, there was some meeting in Australia, some in Kenya, some in in, um, in New Zealand and, and different parts of the world. And uh, our Nigerian brothers were a little bit late. Um, and then they came in, they, they, they came in and we said, oh, we've just been going around the table uh, hearing about the groups. Tell us about the uh, Nigerian group of EFAC. He said, yes, we're, we're doing OK. It's not too bad. At our last conference, we had only about 10,000 people. Gosh. <laughs> we're Everything all... is on a different scale yes. in Nigeria. OK, right. 10,000 people. So EFAC is doing extremely well as a way of pulling together evangelicals in other parts of the Anglican Communion. Mm. Um, we perhaps haven't had such a strong English presence and English um, focus on it it's because we've been doing other things. But I think it's a great thing for us to be getting behind and expressing our unity with them. Yeah. You can follow them on Facebook right. and Twitter and stuff. You can They have a website, EFAC. Um, you can find them by Googling it and you can um, be a prayer supporter um, and encourage their work and find out more about it through that. Uh, Richard Crocker is the, um, the director of EFAC and uh, he's a good guy based in America um, but uh, travels all over the world encouraging evangelical faith within the Anglican Communion. So I think that's a brilliant thing. Alongside GAFCON, which is uh, has a, a big evangelical presence, but I think supporting EFAC in future will be also a really good way to maintain that evangelical presence and the clarity of evangelical testimony to things like justification by faith alone mm. um, and, and that sort of thing. So so right. really exciting to find out. So more that's about exciting. That. So there's some sort of Anglican links. We also at Council agreed um, that we wanted to strengthen our links with affinity. Now, affinity is something that you personally uh, have had an involvement with for a little while. Just tell us what that is. That's right. So I've been a personal. I've been personally invited as a member of the Affinity Council over the past few years, um, and uh, Affinity used to be called the British Evangelical Council, which kind of tells you what it is. Really, it's a it's a council. It's a group, a gathering um, of evangelical churches. Um, um, evangelicals within denominations all over the UK. So there are Irish Presbyterians, Scottish Free Church of Scotland people and Free Church of Scotland brackets continuing. Um, and there are Baptists from um, Grace Baptist churches, uh, Evangelical Fellowship of Congregational Churches, there's the FIEC. 
the Fellowship of Independent Evangelical Churches, um, and lots of mission agencies like Cross Teach, which people would have heard of, Cross Links uh, that Andy Lyons used to head up re- uh, till recently, um, and uh, Evangelical Publishers, Oak Hill, uh, Union School of Theology is um, is an associate right. as well of uh, of Affinity. So it's a brilliant way of expressing gospel unity with other brothers and sisters all over the UK, whether they're whatever denomination they're in. Um, so that's our wider fellowship. We resonate with their with their basis of faith. We are on the same page as these guys. Um, and we want and, to express our and unity. And so that's that what we've agreed is that, that we'll become an associate member. That's what that is, isn't it? That's right. We are going to be associates of affinity. And I'll Fabulous. carry on on the council um, of that organisation and help out. I mean, the director has also asked me to... Uh, to help out with us. It's a small group that he has um, as an exec as well. So, yeah, it's very exciting to be able to express such a great solidarity with people across the world in EFAC and GAFCON and then across the UK um, because we have the same faith rooted in the same biblical gospel with with other people in the UK too. Great. And um, I guess the the other organisation that we talked about how we can continue to have... Uh, good relationships and and work together with in different ways is AMIE, the Anglican Mission in England. Yes, yes. Um, So, I mean, there are various ways Church Society already uh, works together with them and obviously Reform has obviously been very closely involved with them as well. One of those is the Renew Conference, uh, which will be coming up again in September, which from now on will be hosted by Church Society and AMIE together. Um, It Mm. used to be Church Society Reform and AMIE, and, and now it'll be us and AMIE. So that's one very concrete uh, example of, of our fellowship together with them. But we do also want to, to express our, um, uh, you know, commonality with them, just as we've been talking about Anglicans across the world and other evangelicals in the UK, and they would obviously fit into both of those categories. Absolutely. We have warm gospel fellowship with with AMIE um, and we recognise them as brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, I have a lot of time for Andy Lyons, for Lee McMunn, um, their director of mission as well. I mean, you'd say Lee McMunn, second best Lee in the Anglican church, you'd say, <laughs> <wouldn't> you? <laughs> That's right. There was a moment <laughs> on one of the GAFCON videos where the uh, presenter introduced me and then he introduced Lee McMunn also as Lee Gatiss. I thought, oh my goodness, there are two Lee Gatisses. Um, but how bad is that? No, there's only one. Um, that's enough. Um, yes, but I mean, Lee McMahon's a great guy and they're doing some brilliant work in places where less than 1% of people go to church. Yeah. You know, we need mission of any sort in some of these places. And it's great that it's Anglican mission in those places, that they're seeking to be Anglican in doctrine and in polity and the way they do things. We recognise them. Uh, we have warm fellowship with them. And we want to keep keep running the renew conference together so that we can pioneer establish and secure healthy anglican churches whether that's church of england or amie churches um we're all there together for the salvation of the nation that's what we're interested in um and so yeah it'd be brilliant if more members of church society um and of amie would sign up to join the um, renew conference this year it's going to be a great conference i heard um, they've got a great speaker up in the first session uh, uh, yeah, that's right. Andy Lyons will be introducing uh, the, the the conference and and then introducing the first speaker. That's me. Um, I'll be speaking on Ephesians chapter four, and the whole idea there in Ephesians chapter four that God is um, well, the risen Christ has given to the church gifts of various sorts, uh, including word ministry, word ministers, pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So actually the ministers of the church, uh, the pastors, the teachers, we're not there to do all the ministry. It's the it's the people, the saints in the church who need to be equipped to do the work of ministry. So it's about mobilising the whole church for every member ministry. And so I'll be kicking off with that thought. And the whole conference is based around the idea that it's not just about the clergy or some staff, but it's about the whole church being equipped for ministry, which, of course, is exactly what we're interested in in church society and always have been, um, you know, with our representatives in all the lots of small churches, uh, rural churches, turnaround sort of parishes all over the country. Yeah. And with the Priscilla programme as well, which, of course, we yeah. have to mention here so on the we'll, Roscast. We'll, we'll come on to those things in just a moment. But I just want to say, going back to Renew, um, with its focus this year on mobilising every member ministry, actually, it would be a great conference for not just church leaders to come to, but to think about bringing maybe a church warden, someone from their PCC, 
you know, key people, key lay people in their churches, if they're able to, to get away for just those couple of days in September um, to come and, and get that vision as well. So perhaps just to be thinking, you know, I know it's, it's, it's not the cheapest conference and it, it may not be convenient for everyone, but just to be thinking whether there are one or two other people they could be encouraging uh, to come along with them um, for those, those couple of days in September. Yeah, it's um, a huge undertaking to a new conference. So that's why it is a little bit more expensive than something like Jake, which yeah. is a, a smaller thing. But I mean, there are going to be four or five hundred people there, you know, representatives from 250, 300 churches, maybe. It's a huge undertaking for us. We need a bigger venue and a hotel yeah. in Leeds. Uh, it's great to be up north for that. And yeah, I, I, I've been the last few years um, on the in the car with uh, lay, lay members from my church yeah. and we've just had great conversations um, there and back but but also it's great for lay people to be at this particular conference because exactly. of the focus on every member ministry yeah and there will certainly be um seminars and so on that will be appropriate for people in those kind of roles to go to um it won't all just be about the ordained leaders no there. no and that's right and i think we had this very helpful focus recently on the blog when uh Chikau tan from from litchfield diocese um, who was at GAFCON was talking about the 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 real need we have for mobilising lay people within GAFCON around the Anglican Communion, and we need that to be replicated here in the UK and in the Church of England particularly as well. We do. So that does seem like a natural place to move on to talking about. Obviously, the most exciting thing which Church Society have done in the last hundred years or so of its history. <laughs> On, what on, would that be, Ros? What on, would that on be? A would scale it be of one to ten thousand? How excited are you about the Priscilla program, Lee? Between one and ten thousand? Twenty thousand. Hey! Obviously. The Priscilla program, I mean it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um I, I can't think of anyone better to lead that than you, Ros. Obviously I have to say that because otherwise yeah. you'll cut cut me off. Yeah. On the Rod, the Rod I'll, just, I'll just edit that bit so that it sounds like you're <laughs> saying I'm the best person to do it. Yeah, um, but it's funny because we, you know, as you went, you told us all about this uh, last week in the in the podcast when Amanda was interviewing yes. you. But it is a brilliant way to equip ordinary women in ordinary churches with the extraordinary resources we have in the Bible, in doctrine, church history, apologetics, um, pastoral ministry, pastoral counselling, those sorts of things. We we need that kind of training to be um, to be pushed out into every corner of our churches and of our nation. Um, and if the Priscilla program can help do that, that's that's a fantastic thing. Now, I've heard, Roz, is this true that we're already oversubscribed for this? <laughs> this well, we only launched the, the wretched thing a few days ago and already we, we've got um, too many people signing up. So we're going to have well, to have a waiting list. Is that right? Not, not quite. We're nearly there. We, okay. um, we haven't yet got the formal application uh, process in place. So what we've got so far is a list of people who have registered their interest. And okay. obviously for various reasons, they may not all be able to actually apply for September. Um, but if they did all apply, we, we would have too many. So that's very exciting. That's wonderful. Um, the limit on places at the moment is simply because uh, at the core of the programme is the seminar group. And obviously those seminar groups function best if they're kept mm. at a limited number of people in each one so that everyone yes. has a chance to participate and, and really get to know each other and the tutor and really benefit from that. And at the moment... Um, I'm going to be leading the seminar groups and there's a limit to the number that I can do um, yes. in the week. We do hope, if all things go well, to be able to expand by recruiting more seminar leaders so yeah. that we'll be able to have more of those groups and therefore more students sign up. But at the beginning, um, you know, we just want to be able to make sure that it works, to kind of run through everything, um, make sure we've got the technology set up so that different seminar leaders can do that from wherever they are and all of those kind of things with a relatively small number of students to begin with but we don't want to put people off from applying because they they will just go into the next course which starts in or the next module starting in january rather than september yeah Is that exactly right? and and like i say the applications haven't formally opened yet so at the moment there are no places filled um <laughs> so just because you think, oh, I haven't registered my interest yet, don't think that you aren't in with a chance of getting a place in September because we haven't yet opened that, that 
uh, process up formally anyway. But the um, flood of interest but, shows that there's a real need for this and there's a there's a not just a market for it, but uh, we're not in it to make money from it. But there's a there's a need and a desire and appetite for this kind so of training. It's been so exciting. It's been so exciting. I've had people getting in touch with me saying, well, there's half a dozen women in my church who I want to, to encourage to do this. And we're mm. looking at different ways we might be able to, to set up groups in local churches that are using the material but but able to meet together and that sort of thing and i it, it is really exciting to see that people are eager uh to learn to do these kind of things better in their churches understand the bible more be able to minister in their local context in that sort of informal voluntary kind of way but want to do that to the best of their ability it's really it's really exciting um, so, okay, but this podcast isn't all about the Priscilla Programme, um, although obviously I could just keep talking about this. We can't make every podcast about the Priscilla Programme. <laughs> no, we can't. We, we but don't we, want to we, do that. You know. So um, <laughs> you, you mentioned, uh, I think you mentioned that we have Jake coming up, the Junior Anglican Evangelical Conference. That's coming yes. up next month in August. That's Are we right. excited about that? I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm particularly excited to find out what I might say in my talks at Jake because uh, I haven't finished writing them yet. So <laughs> it'd be interesting to see how that turns out. Um, it looks like a great conference. I mean, I'm very excited by Jake every year. I think it's the highlight of the year, actually. Um, the Renew it's Conference is, is brilliant. And obviously our main church society conference and AGM is very exciting. But um, for me, I really enjoy that, um, that, that three-day conference at the end of August. It's a brilliant way to end the mm the summer holiday and who have we got this year um uh johnny jukes is coming to speak isn't he the new president yes, of Oak Hill. Wallace ben. yeah Wallace ben. we've got mel lacy that's great because mel's involved in growing young disciples doing stuff with youth and children and i think it's brilliant to have um, a focus on that so that we can get that part of our ministry right uh, rachel browning's to do a um a seminar is that right yeah, on pastoral seminar. work um, um rachel browning's yeah. from my church here in cambridge uh, Nick McKinnell, Bishop of Plymouth's coming. That'll be great. He's a, yeah. a, a, a an interesting Bible teacher. I've listened to some of his talks online uh, to get a flavour of that. And I'm looking forward to hearing what he will bring for us. And we've got the usual sorts of um, seminar groups and things. So um, someone's coming to do How to Get Through a BAP, a Church of England selection conference. They are. Bishop's <laughs> advisory panel. Is that right? That That is right. Phil Moon is going to do that for us. And I believe that there are some changes which either have just happened or are about to happen in that yes. process. So it'd be really helpful for anyone who is at that stage um, to come and hear that seminar and just get an idea of exactly what the current situation is and what things to be aware of uh, in what they're looking for and, and so on. I'd be really interested to hear the, the seminar on non-parish ministry as well. So Sarah Morris, who's a, a chaplain, uh, a prison chapter. You know, it's interesting, uh, Jake, obviously, and, and at Theological College, my experience is most people think that they are expecting to go into parish ministry, and, and the reality is most people probably will. Yeah. But actually, that isn't the right place for everybody to serve. And I think it's helpful to have one or two people there just to say, have you thought about whether God might be taking you into a different kind of setting? And although Sarah yeah. works in a, a prison, which again, won't be everybody's uh, calling, there's some things about chaplaincy, which whether you're in a school or a hospital or whatever kind of organisation, are worth thinking about how they they look like. Just the fact that you're employed by somebody else who isn't the church, yes. for example, yeah. sets restraints on the kind of ministry that you can do and, and how you have to think about that. So I think that'll be really interesting for, for a lot of people. We had, we had some stuff on military chaplaincy last year, we, an interesting right. presentation on yeah. that. I did some hospital chaplaincy. I was a hospital assistant hospital chaplain for a year, um, which I really enjoyed. It was a bit of an eye-opener. It was quite hard work at times, emotionally, but it was um, very interesting. And I, I spoke um, at a group of um, school chaplains last year. I spoke for them and, and you know, just to hear some of the, the challenges, but also the great opportunities that they have in school chaplaincy um, was amazing. And to think, you know, the, the opportunities we have, it'd be great to think maybe in future years about educational opportunities, more generally things in the Church of England. That's one of the great advantages of the Church of England, isn't it? We have all those church schools, which is um, which is quite a thing, which lots of other denominations do not have the church school set up that the Church of England um does so that's a brilliant opportunity for us for the gospel 
Yeah, I agree. And I think also just to say with school chaplaincy, certainly in my head, I tend to associate that with independent schools, but actually a lot of state schools have chaplains. And sometimes those are sort of informal part-time roles, but some have, you know, formal um, full-time employed chaplains uh, in state school settings as well. Um, so that's something just to be aware of too. I can't hear you anymore. Roz has disappeared from my screen. I can no longer hear her in my earphones. Now I might just sing a little song in order to while away the hours while I wait for Skype to reconnect. Dum, 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 dum. Ah, there you are. So, um... Lee, one of the things uh, that we talked about at the council meeting last week, and in fact we had talked about it a little bit previously at a council meeting, was the idea of appointing a new associate director. Is that because your current associate director isn't up to the job? Yes, absolutely. She's hopeless. Um, and basically we need to get someone in to do the, the real job. Um, because because she's always gall gallivanting off around the world recording lectures for for something or other so no no it's nothing to do with that at all it's that we want to continue expanding and um, multiplying the ministries of church society uh, and with lots of new members um, uh, we should be able to raise the money and the funding to continue expanding what we already do so I think we need a new um a new person to work alongside you and uh, me they would probably do some of the work which reform um and fws used to do but which we didn't try and do ourselves because uh, we didn't want to necessarily overlap with those other organizations at the time we you know we I, we had an agreement with reform and and fws that we wouldn't do certain things um in order to um, leave space for them to do certain things so now that we're all together we in our merged organization we can do these things um together and amplify and expand what we do so i think we need someone to help us with um, some of the political aspects of the work, uh, responding to lots of things that go on in the Church of England. Obviously, we have made comments and responded to things in the Church of England, but we'd like to be able to do that more, um, helping us formulate policy on things of vital interest to, to Church Society members, um, commission, develop resources, perhaps in the area of education and um, the politics of the Church of England, particularly things coming up in the next few years. Right, so one thing that happened recently, for example, was the bishops in Litchfield Diocese produced that ad clarum, uh, letter to all the clergy, concerning welcoming and honouring LGBT people in the church. And there were some, just some concerns over what they said and, and what that might mean. Bishop Rod Thomas responded to that. Uh, we were able to consult with people in the diocese, local church leaders there to see what sort of response they would find helpful for us to do, and then post a response to that on our blog and follow that up with two or three pieces, just explaining some of the uh, theological and biblical and also um, Anglican uh, background to what had been said. So that's the kind of response that we were able to make, but we don't have the capacity to do that often or necessarily as quickly as we'd like. So I guess that's something that a new associate director would be able to give more time to responding to things happening in the Church of England like that. I want someone in terms of their character and public persona who can model graciousness and doctrinal clarity in public discourse um, so that they are a good ambassador for church society. But that being said, we also want them to keep in good close contact with our whole network of people. So all the local groups that we have, whether they call themselves renew groups um, or um, call themselves after the place where they meet, like the Chester Association or after some uh, great hero like the Josiah group that meets in Norwich. These local groups that affiliate with church society or used to affiliate with reform or FWS. We want someone who can keep in touch with them and basically be a good um, liaison person between the, the central organisation and those local groups so that we can we can be um, flexible and sensitive to what the local groups are needing and wanting. Great. 
Uh, you'll find information about the uh, new associate director role on the website. We're also hiring at the moment a part-time finance assistant to cover a 12-month maternity leave. So if you know someone who might be suitable for either of those positions, do check out the website and do get in touch with the office uh, for more information on those. We're really kind. Please come and work with us. We're lovely. I particularly would love someone to come and make sure I keep getting paid. Uh, but also, I think it'll be really exciting to have uh, an additional associate director to build on uh, some of the work that we're already doing, to take on some of the kind of work that Reform have been doing and Fellowship of Word and Spirit have been doing, and show that actually as this new merged organisation, we can do so much more together uh, and better together uh, than we were able to do separately. So thanks to Lee for joining us for this podcast. Thank you to you for listening. Do tune in again next week.